0: Max Minute, where the foxes have entered the hen house in Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior, one minute at a time. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we're talking about Minute 85, which begins with the feral child upgrading to first class, and it ends with Max realizing the weight of the responsibility he's chosen to shoulder. Do you like that one? Shoulder?
1: Uh, Yes, I do. Yeah?
0: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So today is a Friday episode. It is the end of the week, and as is customary for our Friday episodes, we have a bunch of guests this is the biggest group that we've ever had we are joined by caitlin karen and liz from the foxes in the hen house podcast hello
2: hi hello
0: so why don't you introduce yourselves because we've got three extra voices here
2: well i'm liz we just didn't we just wait ed
0: okay liz has identified herself Okay, great
2: do it again sorry (laughs) i'm liz i'm karen and i'm caitlin
1: Welcome! We are so glad to be recording with you guys today.
2: Oh, thanks for having us on.
1: This is so exciting.
2: We're already doing a great job, you know, we've said our <laughs> names. I was <laughs> gonna say, we're really excited to have you. Drinks heavily. <laughs> we've made mistakes.
0: Having you ladies on... Our podcast is actually a long time coming because when we were kicking around the idea of starting a podcast, it was because I was listening to you, Caitlin, on your podcast. And I was like, hey, I know Caitlin. She's a real person. If she can do it, I can do it.
3: <laughs> oh, that's, that's, true. True. that's so sweet. true.
0: Caitlin it. can do it. <laughs> yeah,
3: Caitlin can do it. Anybody can do it. It's
0: basically true. Yeah.
2: That's awesome.
0: So when was aresia last year was that november Mm -hmm. december january January. January. it's It's always mlk weekend yeah yeah so aresia in boston when we went to listen to you guys do your live recording all of that you know talking about oh we might start a podcast and whatnot this is the podcast that came from that
2: i know it's awesome awesome. i was so excited and everything is like i mean if i may super professional (laughs) the website is gorgeous you guys are amazing
0: now we just there need you. to get a sponsorship from Squarespace because we made our <laughs> website there and everyone's like, oh, you make great stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, now I just need them to pay me back for it so I can tell other people to make websites with Squarespace. Exactly. But I don't know how to go about doing that, but I'm not going to worry about that. I
2: right do man, we've dabbled here and there in trying to figure that out. And...
3: Yeah, my <laughs> ability to, yeah, to under- understand coding for HTML kind of lived and died with LiveJournal. <laughs> so tag of that as you will. I can make things bold and I can put them in italics. Pretty much all the coding I've got. So.
2: Tell us about the before times, Grandma. Uh,
3: <laughs> it's so true. I am, I'm so old. Someone's going to have to sweep up all the dust from my joints after we're done recording.
0: So for our listeners that aren't familiar with Boxes in the Headhouse, tell us a little bit about your podcast.
1: Uh, <laughs> so
3: that was, uh, it is. Look at me,
0: I'm drinking <laughs> So first it starts with drinking
3: It is a broad spectrum Pop culture podcast Between, there are four of us And uh, so there's Caitlin, Liz Me, and then Mindy And uh, we get together every Tuesday Every Tuesday Live, every Always Tuesday. on Tuesdays Only Tuesdays um, <laughs> We have a couple of drinks And we talk about a particular topic at hand Sometimes it'll be an entirety of a TV show So say like Jessica Jones Or or other times it will be sort of like we'll tackle a trope. Other uh, ones like re-
2: badass loners. We had, yeah. you know, uh, we've recently where we've got an upcoming episode talking about robots. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's probably out by now. It is out by now. Yeah, we yes. definitely did one live up- next Tuesday. Yes,
3: <laughs> we definitely had one about creepy clowns. Which yeah. funny sidebar about that? I'm in grad school right now, and I had a classmate who needed to borrow a thumb drive, and I had been editing the Creepy Clown (laughs) podcast on that. And I thought, because I'm a Ninja Turtle junkie, so my thumb drive was a Ninja Turtle. And so I hand it to this very professional woman, and she puts it in the thing. And of course, what is on the thumb drive is put up onto the big screen in front of my entire class. Of course. And there's a folder on there that says Creepy Clowns on it. (laughs) (laughs) So at the end of my presentation, I'm taking my thumb drive, and I go sit down. I have a classmate who goes, your presentation was very good. I know you were very nervous about it. Creepy clowns? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Did we get a new reader? Uh... I don't know. I gave him a, a card. <laughs> so, yeah. There, there went all my credibility for STEM. It's like, nope, sorry. Back of the book. Uh, excuse <laughs> me. We talked about it,
2: a, a recognized phobia by the APA.
3: Colrophobia.
2: Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Fear of clowns. It's a very real thing. We were on the Dark Knight Minute podcast, and it was during the Bruce Wayne fear test thing, Ah. where, you know, Liam Neeson's like, wallow in other men's fear. And I'm like, well, what if Batman interpreted that as like dressing up as things that other people fear? (laughs) Like he has a clown costume that he puts on over his Batman (laughs) costume just to like freak people out.
3: They're a little jester ding jingly bells on the end of both the points on the top of his cowl <laughs> and just a little red nose oh. oh my god i need this in my life now. <laughs> but earthworm bat man, i would not be okay with that'd be like oh. earthworm gym <sighs> but, on halloween but less fun and
2: also an actual earthworm
3: yeah, I'm not I mean, okay earthworm. I mean, him's an
2: actual earthworm. He didn't look for an earthwormy. Well, he well has it's the a robot super suit. suit. Yeah. Well, right. But I just mean like an actual earthworm, as in ba, 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 ba. not a cartoon.
0: <laughs> oh, it's the eyes, isn't it? It's the fact <laughs> that he's got eyes. He's got that they're like different
3: sized <laughs> eyes.
0: <laughs>
2: Oh, that's true.
3: That's uh, pretty typical of Earthworms, Karen. That's true. I-, I think it wouldn't speak really well to the Nolan universe, though, if at the end of the movie the bad guy gets a cow dropped on them. <laughs> Which is how every episode of the Earthworm Jim cartoon, and I believe every level of the game, ended with a cow. Like that sounds the, familiar. Like the that Monty Python right. cow yeah. like landing on them. That does
2: sound familiar, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that was a lovely, pleasant walk-down memory
0: lane. <laughs> okay. So if that sounded entertaining, me, <laughs> that's pretty much a slice of what the Foxes in the Hen House podcast sounds like. And we're pretty sober, considering, you know, for Exactly. Us. The afternoon is still early.
2: Are we? Oh. <laughs> there we go. Um, Cheers. Yeah.
0: Jumping into minute 85 at the end of this very exciting week, we start off with the feral child who has just seen a raider walking by, and he kind of freaks out, and so he decides that the best course of action is to jump up, grab onto the shielding around the exhaust pipe, and climb around to get into the cab with Max. So the feral child is this tiny little eight-year-old, and he's grabbing to this exhaust pipe, and he's climbing around, and his head just kind of pops into the open door frame next to Max's lap, and Max looks down at the feral child, and it's like, okay, the last time he saw this kid, he was getting carried away to, like, go get put in a bus. He wasn't paying attention when the feral child jumped on the back here. And so this whole, hey, there's a child in my lap, probably very surprising.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love the innocent look on the feral child's face.
2: Like, hey, can I come up?
1: Yeah. Like, he hasn't been stowing away on this truck, watching horrific murder and violence going on around him. And then he just pops up next to Max, just all innocent-like.
2: I mean, to be fair, this kid is a murderer himself. He's got, like, the highest body count of the good guy side.
1: Yes! He switches back and forth from being horrified to being violent alarmingly quickly and often.
2: <laughs> Sounds like Liz. What? <laughs> don't don't talk about my drunken self. <laughs> <laughs> Not in front of her sober self at least. <laughs> <laughs> it's my secret. I'm always drunk. Always no, I, don't drunk know. I don't know. No.
1: <laughs> so I was wondering if that was the first time Max saw him, because a few minutes ago. Several minutes ago, actually, when the truck was first leaving the compound, the feral child was in the back window watching what was going on. And he got scared and gave a great face and then ducked down. So Max didn't notice him then?
0: I don't think so. I don't really think that Max has, like, a rearview mirror that he'd be able to see into that window. So unless he turned around and then, like, arched over to look behind the seat. Because the feral child has been, like, right up against that cab. Like, he's, he's in a blind spot. Max has uh, so many blind spots.
1: It really is his downfall, isn't it?
2: It's almost like a fuel tanker isn't really built for combat. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Gosh. It says, "If you can't see the mirrors, I can't see you." What are you doing? <laughs> it's like an open <laughs>
0: invitation for raiders.
2: But yeah, no, it's definitely one of those. You're like, wait, what? What are you doing here? Like, it was a comical moment. Almost, mm-hmm.
1: it was which was diminished by Max's lack of expression. (laughs) Yeah. Which, uh, most of the time I praise his lack of expression. I think it's a great acting ability of Mel Gibson's. But this was a comedic moment, and I wanted a comedic reaction. And Mm. I didn't get it.
2: Also, I didn't realize that he didn't know the kid was there. So, like, I was sort of like, why with the delay? Like, I feel like, (laughs) didn't he, like, take off his glove before helping him in or something? Mm, yeah. He removed an article yeah, you, like, or something, teeth, something like right? That, yeah. And then grabs him. I'm like, uh, maybe just get him. Like, I don't know if we need to be so formal here. Though <laughs> no, I guess maybe the, you know if he leaves the glove and there's a risk of of him like the kid slipping out of his hands. The glove oh, co- off. Yeah. Well, th- what risk? The kid's grabbing onto this hot exhaust <laughs> pipe. You can't tell me that that's not hot. I mean, better than dead.
0: I understand that that shielding is supposed to, like, make it so that you're not touching the hot exhaust pipe. But, like, there there's such thing as radiant heat. Like, yeah. mm. that can't be cool to the touch.
1: And that rig is old and crappy, and I'm surprised mm. it's running at all. So, it... It's not in pristine
3: condition, and that protection, not in pristine condition. That said, he is a small child who weathers the summers in Australia with very little clothing on, yes. so maybe he's just acclimated to scorching heat. So yeah. He's probably got really calloused hands from that boomerang of his. Yeah, and all the digging. I mean, I can't imagine any of the grown-ups helped him dig those little rabbit warren tunnels of his, which... No, he probably just snarls
0: enough. at them if they offer to help. <laughs> <laughs> so, Max looking down at the feral child, he's... First of all, trying to drive the truck. Second of all, trying to fight raiders. Third of all, trying to reload his shotgun. And then suddenly, small child in the doorway. So he takes the shotgun shell that he's trying to put in that gun, throws it in his mouth. Mm. And then, in what I think is very impressively, he grabs the feral child, picks him up, swings him over, and oh, plops yeah. him down in the cabin. One fluid motion. One big smooth movement, yeah.
1: I love this. Every once in a while, George Miller reminds us that... That this person who revels in Max's violence and has killed at least one person, this little person is a child. He is small, he is fragile, he is stupid. Mm. So we get another reminder of that here with how easy it was for Max to grab him and fling him into the seat. Well,
0: Mm. it's so easy to forget that eight-year-olds weigh like nothing. It's
2: true, they are very tiny
0: yeah mm-hmm. so tossing them around no big thing for max yeah. absolutely
2: not so, yeah. i guess thinking about that is also like it's a very tender moment in that regard you know, very like avuncular it's like what are you doing Kate? get in here
3: i love things like this in early action movies that harken like you can see where that has been used in other action movies because the moment i saw that the first thing i thought of was arnold and little eddie furlock in the terminator movie and just how mm-hmm. easy it is for him to relocate and i'm like that's where that came from like it's so cool <laughs> To be reminded of, like, the predecessors, because you think Mad Max, and of course, well, now I think people think, like, you know, Fury Road. But I think Mad Max, and the first thing that comes to mind is Tina Turner. Like, Mm -hmm. so over the top, but these little tiny things that happen in these, like, the earlier movies are so resonant so later down, you know, in the genre that it was just, that particular moment was just, it made me very happy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It also served to
1: showcase... That Max does have feelings. He does have emotions. Yeah. He works so hard to hide them from everybody. He could have just as easily ignored the kid, and it may have been in Max's own best interest mm. to choose not to care about this extra burden that has now presented itself. But he doesn't do that. He puts aside the two tasks that he's already working on that are very important and focuses on the kid, and make sure the kid's safe. And yeah, Max is a good person. <laughs> As, as much as he tries to act like he's he not, he is.
2: Yeah. Karen and I were talking about this as we were watching, where we're, we're basically, Max is a protagonist who really hates the fact that he's a protagonist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, he's yeah. actively running from the movie, and the movie's just like, hey, where are you going? And he's like, why are the cameras still following me? I don't understand. So in this moment, we're sort of like, I hate having feelings. Get over here. I can't let you die.
0: As much as it would be so easy for him to just flick the kid in the forehead and let him fall just off kick him off the yeah. road, would, wow,
2: I didn't go that far.
0: That would destroy his place as the hero of this movie. I mean, it would destroy his character entirely, so of course he's got to pick that kid up. You can't just leave him hanging yeah. out there.
3: It's it's a very interesting take on the reluctant hero. Especially when the, the hero is trying so hard to squirrel his way out of the plot. He's like <laughs> the poor guy who's been roped into this D&D campaign. He does not <laughs> want to be in it all, and I... Ugh. Crap, there's an adorable child. (laughs) Not only that, but I know that kid will in fact kill me later on if I don't help him now. right. It's a shame that the feral child didn't bring his boomerang along.
2: Yeah, well...
1: Because he's lethal with it. That could have been really handy.
2: It's a shame he's only got the one, apparently, and that got lost out.
1: Well,
3: it always comes back. Why do you need another one?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Because you lodged the first one in some dude's forehead. Oh, fine. The physics probably aren't right for a truck bed, uh boomeranging. I no,
3: because make. when it comes back,
1: you've
2: already moved. That's true. Unless
3: you take that into account. Oh, no so but, good. Know, yeah, if you. That's know. that's a lot of physics.
2: That's way too much physics.
3: The kid doesn't have pants. I don't expect him to understand higher level physics. <laughs> no. It's not that pants <laughs> is a requirement, but I'm just thinking there are other pressing concerns in the wasteland like pants and not theoretical physics. <laughs> when you put it that way, the fact
1: that the feral child can throw the boomerang and get it to come back at all is very
2: impressive from a physics point of view.
1: He has to understand something about mm. physics, even if he doesn't realize it. Yeah. He's got to understand something.
2: There's something internalized about it. You yeah. You just ingrained it into your muscle memory and you learn to calculate. And comp- I mean, like, we do that every day. Like, when you, when you throw something in a waste bin from across a room, you've internalized a certain aspect of physics and, like, trajectory. Yeah. So this kid's just next level and murderous with it.
3: Do, yes. Do, do we think maybe that that fortress had more people in it, but that the kid was practicing with the boomerangs? <laughs> oh, oh, okay, oh, okay. Oh. sorry, sorry.
2: Wow.
3: Yikes. That's wow. how we got so good. It <laughs> hey, Charlie did I, like,
0: I always assumed rabbits, but sure. <laughs> that works too. I'm all right with that. Poor
2: rabbits.
3: Not so. in Australia. Oh, no, they've wow. built like a whole... Fence to keep them out Rabbit proof fence
2: yeah. Rabbits are jerks man Were they growing stuff? Is that why they built The huge fence? They were eating
3: everything Yeah someone brought them For food and then they Apparently were... They overran the place
2: I've heard that rabbits Populate really effectively Like, yes. like yes. rabbits? Like...
3: <laughs> yeah <laughs> And they did that To all of Australia Yeah so that's why there's a fence that like bisects the entire continent to try yeah. and keep the rabbits at bay. We're talking about in real life. Right? No, in oh, real life. Yeah, okay, I we're thought not you were talking, talking about Mad life. Max, but then as you
2: start to say this, I'm like, oh yeah, there actually is a
3: fence <laughs> in Australia. Yeah, it's a tiny yeah. subplot from the first movie where they build this fence because of the giant wasteland rabbits. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, fun fact:
2: the wasteland actually brought about by the Great Emu War. <laughs> <laughs> So that's the great calamity from the opener. It okay. is. Have you met any? Actually, emus are way less threatening than ostriches. And I never picked up on that. This is starting to sound like our theoretical had-a-full-boyfriend apocalypse yes, the apocalypse.
3: Yeah. It was a strange day.
0: <laughs> so Max is able to pick up the feral child, throw him in the other side of the cab, and now the kid is more or less safe, technically. Relatively. <laughs> and outside the cab, our old friend the bad cop, because he's dressed like a cop, (laughs) jumps from the back of the tanker, because he was climbing on the side of it yesterday, so he got up to the top and jumped onto the roof of the cab.
1: I reviewed the footage from (laughs) the bad cop climbing. He was climbing on the side-ish, because he was going around that reinforced turret area.
0: Oh, so he didn't want to do the big jump that Wes is going to do later on in this minute.
2: Exactly.
3: He's not as praised
0: as Wes is. Well, I'm disappointed because <laughs> you, you can tell I expect because more of my raiders.
3: He's wearing far more clothing. That's Ooh. true. He's a little more rational. Yes.
0: <laughs> if anything, he should be the one that's able to take more risks because he's got more protection. Yeah. True. Because
3: he's wearing more leather.
0: Exactly. So
3: much leather in the desert. Jesus.
0: <laughs> but they all smell wonderful.
3: All I can think of is the poor Foley guy if they actually wanted just like this. Squeak, squeak, squeak,
2: squeak, oh, squeak, squeak, the leather. squeak, squeak. squeak.
3: Wait, oh, wait. Mad Max 79.
0: Oh yeah, that first movie. I'm
3: guessing they
1: got a Foley guy like right out of school whose idea of the sound of leather was just out of control because that's exactly <laughs> what it sounded like anytime those cops walked around. So, he yeah. just had it a balloon. Enthusiastic.
0: Oh, <laughs> yes. I wouldn't be surprised if he just sat on a leather sofa and like held a microphone up to it and just shifted around the whole lot. <laughs>
3: that's actually a pretty good idea. Because
0: that's what it that's sounded like. <laughs> yeah. And there's still a little bit of that in this movie. At certain points when it's Max is moving. I yeah.
2: want to highlight it, yeah.
0: It's either the squeaking of the leather or the squeaking of the leg brace that Max is wearing. Yeah. This bad cop, like I said, jumps down on top of the roof of the cabin. Of course, Max, hearing someone standing on his roof, looks up to see it. And the bad cop, he grabs hold of his port pack which is probably the best view that we get of one of these air-powered arrow shooty gun things that the screenplay calls a port pack which is... Sounds way better than what I just called it. <laughs> Shooting gun, Yeah. Okay.
1: I suppose so. I have to admit my potty mouth brain, when you say Porta pack I immediately go to Porta potty
0: <laughs> So... This is definitely the best look that we get of it. And it looks like it's a small air reservoir strapped to the back with like a little pump handle to like build up air pressure. Then there's a tube that goes over the shoulder to like the handle barrel area where the arrow is stuck, and then, of course, he pulls the trigger and he's able to shoot the arrow. It reminds me of a super soaker. I was just thinking about (laughs) a super soaker when you said that.
3: I kind of want to go and do research on what what nail gun technology looked like in the time period, because, I mean... Surely it's the same Because he
2: had to have retrofitted it from something. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that actually sounds to me like it might have actually started out as like a camper shower. Because I remember like going camping mm. up in the wilds of New Hampshire back in the day. And they had this same sort of thing where they would put hot water in this like metal, whatever, cylinder. You had to pump it. And then you would, like, push a button and get, like, you know, eight seconds of warm water. (laughs) You would pump again, get eight more seconds, like, oh, this is luxurious. But it actually was because you were in the middle of nowhere and you still had hot water, so it was a okay. But I'm wondering if it was something like that, because it's like that, that same idea. sort of idea. And I figure they might have that in Australia or in the post-apocalypse, go to the sporting goods store, steal the travel showers, I don't know.
3: Well, it's very clear that throughout the entirety of this movie that a sporting goods store was raided at one point or another. So oh, yeah. yeah. That's
0: true. Especially if that sporting goods store was right next to an SM shop.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh!
2: It was a really enterprising store owner once upon a time. Just, yeah. Just gonna, I'm gonna get all the niches here.
3: I'm trying to think of a good name for this store. I know, me too. Going, what will we'll come. It'll come out at the wrong time. That is balls and gags. <laughs> oh, there
1: it oh. is.
2: There it is. Nice.
3: <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> There's probably more. I Keep
2: thinking. There's probably more, but that's what I've got. <laughs> that's a good one though.
0: when i was writing up my notes and i wrote down the word super soaker it made me think mad max was filmed in 1981 the super soaker would not be invented until i think it was 1983 and then the patent didn't even get approved until 1986 someone dropped the ball super soaker invented by american engineer lonnie johnson was a great african-american inventor
3: all right and mad max lover (laughs)
0: I assume. (laughs) I can only assume. Are they still around? Oh, yeah. Soakers? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Are they? They're They're... uh, made under the Nerf tag now. That makes sense. Hasbro makes them.
3: And you can get them that look like Ghostbuster proton packs. Stop. With the reservoir. They don't... don't... Oh, my God. They need to make a partnership (laughs) to legitimately make Ghostbuster... Have they not at any point? I don't think so. But, yeah, I've seen people where they wear... Like, it's got the giant reservoir you wear in a backpack, and you can just, like... Yeah, literally hose people down. I had a huge
2: one as a kid that actually had a lever that you'd pull back instead of like a trigger and it had mm-hmm. like different nozzle shapes so you could get like crazy either like a straight line or like a oh spray God, or insane. Yeah, it was. I awesome. never owned one. Dude, I had to, rel- to fix I had to, this I had to make my friendships very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> like Where, I, you had to you had to make the right proper lines. So you'd be like throw me a gun and then they got you and then you you know. Just send me charging in because I was the big one. Did did someone some... yell, throw me the idol, throw me the whip? Throw me <laughs> the idol, I'll throw you the whip. No, it was just, you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot less eloquent. And then I was I was the one
0: who was imprisoned in
2: the jungle gym again.
0: <sighs> All this talk about super soakers, I thought, okay, well, you know, what are these porta packs? It's the same idea it's just instead of pushing water out of a pressurized thing you're pushing a piston that pushes an arrow turns out you can buy air-powered arrow rifles whoa off the internet there's one in particular that i can't remember the name of but it costs about i want to say like six to nine hundred dollars and that's cheap it (laughs) fires. that
1: was expensive
0: (laughs) it fires i think up to eight arrows 450 feet per second. Oh my
1: God. Before you have to, like, re-pressurize it? Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was going to say that, considering that it's just air-powered, the pressure being created just by a hand pump, I'm surprised that arrow made it through the ceiling of the rig. But apparently, that's pretty good. Oh, no. If, you,
0: if you pressurize... A canister enough and you regulate the flow just the right way i mean the video i saw of the thousand dollar arrow rifle or whatever we're calling it i think they call it an air bow because nice. why not yeah great uh, names but it's this video of a seasoned hunter i guess and he's out in the bush hunting a big old buffalo and he takes this gigantic animal down with like two arrows and the whole oh. time he's like I can't believe it. This is amazing. <laughs> I've never seen it do anything like that.
3: I think the buffalo is probably thinking the same thing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very odd to, to watch a video of someone just shooting an animal because he's Ugh. not at, like, super great range. It's like he's... Oh. pretty close up. It was very odd to watch, but one video that wasn't odd to watch because there were no animal deaths involved. Oh, thank God. I found a how-to online guide of how to build your own airbow. What could
3: possibly <laughs> go wrong? It's uh,
0: it's this guy. And he's like, hey, I saw airbows online. I thought they were cool, so I built my own, and I'm going to show you how to do it. And I'm like, cool. That's great. Did he
2: have an eye patch by any chance? <laughs>
0: What I'll do is I'll post a link to the video on the listeners' page so people can check that out after they're done listening to this. That's funny. Definitely want to check your local restrictions before you take it into the woods. Yes, I was checking online for the expensive air bow thing, and every state around New Hampshire allows them during bow season, but New Hampshire doesn't for some reason.
3: Oh, what? So I much know. More don't don't tread on me. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I was very. It's not the New Hampshire I remember. Things have changed. So the bad cop grabs his air gun, and he points it down at the roof, and he fires it, and that arrow goes straight through the top of the cab like paper. Yeah. Like, painfully easy. (laughs) And so the arrow, in a very quick shot, it's only like eight frames, punches down through the roof, goes past Max's face, and then lands right in the seat between his legs. Because subtlety. (laughs) That's gotta be nice. Yeah.
1: Okay, so when you say it like that, it sounds like a trope. But the Mm. way it's shown, they just don't play up the trope. You can barely even tell. First, I thought it went into his leg.
2: (laughs) Yeah, actually, yeah. I'm
1: like, Max is being awfully calm for just being shot in the leg. But, well, that's Max. Calm about everything. And I didn't notice that it did not hit him in the leg until I read the screenplay.
2: That's true, because they don't frame it in the usual tropey way that you expect. Usually, it's like, suddenly there's a shot, you see the leg, you see the the arrow hit, and you see him go, oh! And, you know, then everyone's like, oh, God! You know, like sympathetic fear of Dick shot like oh that was (laughs) uh. i feel like it's another like lost comedic moment like you were saying earlier when they have that double take moment of like the kid being in the door and i wonder if like they were doing this to try to like turn around your expectation because it's like this is serious business like this really isn't an appropriate time for a laugh so maybe it's I don't know, subverting the trope? Like, I don't know. It is. I mean, like, the the way the shot is framed itself is definitely subverting it. Because it's not supposed to be like, whoa! So so much as, like, when you see it go down, my first reaction was just like, oh god, yeah, that almost, that could have so easily just hit him.
0: When you take the shot of the arrow going through the roof, because I use video editing software to, like, review the minutes, and so I'm able to go frame by frame. Mm, When the arrow enters, it's heading straight down, like, towards Max in what could hurt him when the arrow reaches the fletching, the fletching catches on the edge of the hole and actually deflects the arrow forward. Oh, Oh, that's amazing. Attention to detail. Yeah, I don't think they planned that. It just might have been a happy accident. I don't think they were necessarily shooting down into Mel Gibson's lap in that first shot, Mm -hmm. but he probably had like a board or something protecting his vital bits. And just, you know, the way that arrow deflected, it just made it a bit safer for him, but... When that arrow Jeez. stuck down into the seat, yeah, we get the reaction shot of the feral child, and we get Max's reaction shot. It's like, oh, hey, yeah, that would almost turned messy.
3: What I like in particular about the juxtaposition of we've moved the feral child into the cab, a safe place. And now it is not a safe place. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, you know, anything yeah. can go through it like paper. My glib thought is... If the chair is what stops the arrow, why is the cab not made out of the same stuff as the <laughs> chair? <laughs> it's like the black box on an airplane. It will survive an air crash. Why not make the whole plane out of that material then? And then the plane will survive the plane crash. <laughs> but yeah, I liked it. Say, there's, awesome. a lot of,
0: <laughs> there's a lot of material that they left over in the compound before they blew it up. They could have just strapped and welded everything onto that
1: yeah they kind of like lined the whole thing with rubber from the tires although i mean we see those tires get deflated with one arrow so maybe that's not very helpful
2: wait but at some point like the amount of weight you're putting onto the truck he'd be able to walk faster yeah Yeah. it would be like in a in like skyrim or something when you're over encumbered and you're moving at like snail's (laughs) pace it would be like that except a truck But that would be great, because if the raiders came, they would overshoot him horrifically. (laughs) And, like, by the time they'd realized it, he would have reversed it the ten feet that he'd been. (laughs) And they would be able to catch him.
3: Well, you could add extra metal to it and make it look like speed lines. (laughs) So it looks like they're going faster.
0: Like, they pull out the paints and they put, like, racing stripes all over it. Yep. Oh no, look out, it's so fast, it's got racing strength,
2: get out of the way! Got in the fa- like fans Tighten. in the back blowing dust up so it looks <laughs> yeah, like... Perfect, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. we will never oh, catch man. on. No, no. <laughs> I
0: can just imagine they open that bus gate and the truck starts rolling very slowly through the wall and Humongous just kind of walks up, to opens the door and pulls Max out because they're going fast enough. Get out of there! What are you doing?
2: <laughs> it reminds me of like You know in um, Galaxy Quest When they like fly the, the ship out And it's really <laughs> slow And just like scrapes along the side oh, yeah. Like that
3: yeah. feels like It would be that level of like Like oh, epic so...
2: Like oh it's still going Nope it's still oh, going yeah, but it would still... be the bad
3: guys All doing that They're just oh we can't oh, even This is just This is we're, sad We're all embarrassed <laughs>
0: <laughs> They don't even want to make the effort To chase them Because it's just this is so like, pathetic no, oh, We're
3: going to give just... you a, We're going to give you a head start Yeah I keep looking at their watches. Listen, we'll be on our way in about a month. We figure that'll give you enough time to... They're leather covered in spikes for no apparent reason, watches. (laughs) This feels so awkward, and I'm not even wearing pants right
0: now. uh. So the bad cop... Since the truck is still moving and hasn't swung around at all, probably realizes that he's missed, and so he loads another arrow into his port pack And the fun thing about those air bows is, like I might have mentioned earlier, I don't remember, they can fire up to two to three times faster than a traditional crossbow.
2: Oh my god. Oh. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Because you're not pulling back a string, you're just pushing back a piston.
2: Right.
1: I have a question. If the bad cop was shooting to kill and the bad cop is standing on top of the roof of the cab that it's going to go wildly out of control if he hits his mark. What was he thinking? If he had killed Max, Hmm. the truck would have gone out of control, and he would have been thrown off the truck. Possibly. Bad plan.
2: He might just be very overconfident in his ability to keep balance and just underestimating the danger of like, yeah, I'll probably just slow
0: down to a stop. Yeah. It wouldn't be the first time a bad cop has severely overestimated the lack of risk to their action
1: i think maybe you get over cocky when you're dressed in
2: all leather
0: yeah they're definitely like they run on leather and adrenaline i mean at gang. least the bad cops are wearing helmets at all times <laughs> there's just more than we can say for the mohawkers he's
2: wearing face
3: protection too exactly like, is, is, is is that Sensible. face protection because i it looks to <laughs> the, me like, the like the a cod face. Piece. it kind like, of does like i'm like <laughs> at one point we're watching the clip and i'm like son <laughs> Wearing a jock strap on your face is no way to go through life <laughs> You can actually
0: You can actually buy can, those Those are actual face type protections like, That you can buy if you're riding motorcycles And mm-hmm. you only want to wear a three quarter Or a half helmet You can buy those leather face masks And you know they'll keep your face from getting scraped off when you crash mm-hmm. And it'll hold your jaw in place too Yeah
3: Which mm-hmm. yeah. will uh, see... just make cleaning your bloodied body off the highway Nicer for the paramedics right, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'll see a lot of guys on
1: the highway who just have like a handkerchief over their face Mm -hmm. just to keep things out of their nose and out of their mouth.
3: Yeah, I'd imagine, I mean, especially depending on where you're driving, I I would imagine getting hit in the face by like a bug. Yeah, exactly. At like 80 miles an hour is probably unpleasant.
0: It It is.
3: But does does it hurt nearly as much as, say, getting an airbow bolt?
0: Probably not that much. I mean, yeah. how
2: big do the bugs get?
3: Well, in Australia. It is Australia. <laughs> right. That
2: island is either trying to murder you
0: or on fire. Can you given moment?
1: Side note, when we make generalizations about Australia, yeah. we get in trouble.
0: That's <gasps> why yeah, we sorry. don't do it. We let our guests do it, it all the time.
3: We have a tally of lists like, of places that we have either inadvertently or advertently insulted. <laughs> We're going to get one of those like scratch-off maps so that we know yes. where we can't go. <laughs>
2: So yeah. now that's what. That's Latvia. It's Poland. Latvia, Poland. Uh, Have
3: we pissed off Canada? I
2: mean, no. we could no. right now. Really really do you want me to do but that? But now Australia. Now? Well, All right. We were talking <laughs> shit about Louisiana recently, also. So we're oh, actually shit. starting to attack our own like whole... attack
0: territories domestically.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to go to Louisiana well, too. That's... I'll tell you what. I don't want to go to Australia, so that's fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think the only problem with going to australia for us americans is that you have to go on like a 24 hour plane ride yes which just
3: nightmarish It's
0: not appetizing
3: there is nothing (laughs) on this planet that i want to do for 24 hours straight nothing i wouldn't mind sleeping for that long no i i mean no, i've no. almost done it and even then it's just it's not as much fun as you think this it would be tired it's just like being transported into the future but it's like a crappier future because now you're grumpy <laughs> it's already sunday <laughs> like what the hell
0: yeah. yeah while the bad cop is reloading another arrow into his air bow max finishes loading the shotgun and his first thought of course is to shoot the guy above him because mm-hmm. he just shot at him yeah. but Before he has that chance, the raider that's been climbing along the side of the tanker with the umpire mask and the crossbow, he appears in the passenger side window. And it's a plan that this guy had. I wouldn't say it's a good plan. (laughs) Because his idea is to crawl to the side of the cab, take his gigantic crossbow, fire it through the glass into Max, and then probably cause the truck to wreck. I don't know. But... His crossbow is not something that you can easily use in closed quarters, and so this mm. whole idea of breaking the window and shooting Max all at once, yes, it can be done, but is it really a good idea? Obviously not, because Max sees him coming from a mile away and uses that totally. first shot to blow him to Kingdom come. Just
2: yeah, see the thing is, I'm trying to work out like how this plan could possibly be a good workable idea. And I'm thinking like if you were to take out that side view mirror first. So, like, Max is going blind on that side. So he has no idea what's going on down there. Now you can sneak up. So you have, like, if you coordinate right in one fell swoop, you just, like, smash the window open. Now you have a straight shot right at the driver who's a couple feet away. You shoot him. As soon as he goes down, you hop in there. Oh, no, suddenly there's a kid. Didn't think about that in the plan, but whatever. (laughs) Climb over the kid or knock him out or whatever. Then you shove him out of the driver's seat and you take over the truck. That would be, like, if he were a protagonist in an action movie, he could do that. But he is the bad guy and he doesn't even have a name, I don't think.
3: Oh. I am so sad that we can't animate Liz's plan with, like, stick people on, like, an index card, <laughs> like, like, on liquid television. Because, like, all right, so we're going to do this. And then it would be, like, the little, like, X's and O's when they're trying to explain football. They're going to come through here. But, oh, no, there's a kid. And, like, yeah, I'm very sad that we don't have that animated.
2: That's actually an insight into my brain, actually. That's how that works. No, oh, you're welcome. That's how I operate on, like, my daily commute. <laughs> <laughs> index cards. Yeah. Stick people. All right, I'm going to stand in front of the third door of the second car of the train. And then the doors are going to open. Oh, God, there's a little old lady. Let her have that seat. Okay. Quick step around. Two
0: steps in the seat. A cool thing about this shot where Max is shooting through the window is if you look carefully at the corners of the window, you can actually see the little charges that shatter the glass. There are these bright flashes of yellow light. Uh, And then, let's see, the shot of the window exploding is only six frames. So it's very fast. you got to be real quick on it. But then, like I said before, the raider... Is literally thrown from the side of the car. He is blasted back at least five, ten feet by the force of this blast, which is enough
2: for death in this. Scenario.
0: Oh, it's definitely enough. The funny thing about it is that Max immediately goes from shooting the guy out the side window to shooting the guy on top of the truck, and he puts that barrel right up against the roof of the cab and shoots, and the bad cop just kind of flops backwards. <laughs> He's not thrown at all, and I got my hopes up, my expectations were high from the first guy getting thrown, and this other guy just got eh, knocked over.
1: You know what could have happened that would have been really cool is that the bad cop gets shot, gets thrown up in the air with the truck still moving, and he gets impaled on the reinforced turret spikes. Mm.
3: Oh.
0: That would have been awesome. Yeah,
3: that would have been good.
0: I love you, hon. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I found it really interesting, in modern action movies, you know what would have happened is Max would have shot that rifle right next to his head, and then for the next like couple of seconds, you would hear that high-pitched, now everyone in the theater has tinnitus, oh, yes. yeah. mm-hmm. sound just to let you know that, oh, and by the way, kids, don't shoot firearms in close quarters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: The kind of thing that Archer will never let you forget for the rest of the series. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: true. Despite the fact that the bad cop isn't thrown very far, he's thrown far enough to disappear entirely from this movie. (laughs) Like, all of the shots that we get behind the cab, his body isn't there. he's
2: not there anymore. He's just gone. Maybe Disappeared. Are we to assume that he just rolled off at some point?
0: That's what I'm thinking. Unceremoniously? Like, he fell back with enough of a trajectory or whatever to bounce off of the wheels and then just land on the road. Because... There's no way that Max has a disappear-from-the-plot gun. I mean, you could say that that's what his shotgun is, but...
3: (laughs) (laughs) So so does this mean he's not dead? He might just be at some sort of, like, a ranch upstate? (laughs) Uh He's he's, he's gone over the Rainbow Bridge? Like, what sort of post-movie life can we give Bad Cop since we didn't actually see his body turn into, like, mulch? Emu Farmer. (laughs) Emu Mm -hmm. Farmer. (laughs) Well...
0: Maybe feed for an emu farm, but... Oh,
3: <laughs> that's, you know,
2: tomato-tomato.
0: Yeah, that works. I like the idea of there being a farm upstate that all of the <laughs> injured and hurt raiders go to, and they just they, go and frolic.
3: Yeah, they can run and play with the other bad guys. It's just throwing <laughs> a football back and forth. Mm-hmm. You
2: know. <laughs> sitting just, you know, someone's like weeding a garden. Mm-hmm. You're know, doing arts and crafts. Arts and crafts. You know, painting little, little happy trees.
3: Over in the corner, they've got you know some like leather protectorant, and they're just like rubbing oh, it right. on their outfits, <laughs> making not some buffing shiny stuff. Not
2: using it as lube.
3: No, no, it's the no, nice me... farm upstate, Caitlin. <laughs> okay,
2: <laughs> just wanted to make sure our, our book club selections have gotten interesting of late. Uh, I was about to say,
0: what kind of farms do you actually? You know, don't
2: answer
3: that. <laughs> Eieio, yeah, yeah, <yo>, my friend.
0: <laughs> we. We're on a couple episodes of the Spinal Tap minute. Oh, god! And the minutes that we were on was when they were singing "Sex Farm." (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh my word! So you already know all about it? Yeah, we're familiar with the concept.
3: (laughs) Oh my stars and (laughs) garters!
0: That's all the (laughs) leather. So Max has dispatched two raiders with his shotgun. His shotgun is now spent. The feral child could not be more excited or happy to have seen this happen. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> that kid is so twisted. Mm-hmm.
0: Dude, yeah, no, that kid is... That's mm-mm.
2: He lights up like Christmas.
0: Yeah, that's, this is the second time he's seen someone get blasted in the face by a shotgun, and he had the same exact reaction last time uh-huh. as he did this time. You would swear that... He was getting a brand new music box with how he reacts to seeing someone get blasted <laughs> in the
2: face. That weird little laugh of his.
0: Oh, yeah. Not healthy. <laughs> Not healthy.
2: Well, that's. I guess that's, that's what makes him feral.
0: <laughs> Still one-handed because he's trying to move the truck, Max throws the shotgun in his arm and starts pulling shells out again. And Wes takes this opportunity as a lull in the action to do this amazing leap yeah. from the back of the tanker onto the roof of the cab. Because with Wes... Anything worth doing is worth overdoing.
1: <laughs> and that yell—he yells when he does anything.
2: Mm, that's that's how he powers himself. He's powered on shouting. <laughs> yeah, like a lady tennis player. Yeah, sure. You're talking about the the Williams sisters? No, all of them. Oh. They grunt. Yeah, yes. it was the Williams sisters are popular. Do, do they do it a lot? Them. Yeah, they used to get like it, people were just like, oh, oh my god, they can't just play like dignified people. Well, that's because people are racist. There's but like too. white women <laughs> had been doing that shit for decades. For sure. People were just picking on them because they're <laughs> assholes. <laughs> Will you <laughs> blank That's out the entire word "asshole"
1: <laughs> or just the oh, ass no. or just, just the hole?
0: Just the ass. We leave the hole.
3: The hole's really the whole. important. We can't get rid of that.
0: That's no. important. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so Liz and I were watching this entire movie and as we we're like, all right, we're not going to look for our minute. We're going to watch the movie and then go look for our minute after the fact. And we're watching it. And I believe it was Liz who says, goodness, I hope there's a hashtag button our minute. And there was... <laughs> butt as he makes that leap over to the thing and his little loincloth kind of poop in the back because he's running around in chaps, mm-hmm. not assless chaps, because all chaps, that's what chaps, that makes them different from pants. Well, oh, Brooke, no debate on this subject.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of an insufferable person to watch a movie with for like many reasons, including this one where like if it's appropriate for me, to, I'll just point point, just like, but.
0: Someone <laughs> <laughs> like, walking away, but. I just point, but.
3: It's like when you're in a car and you're driving past, like, a field with cows, like, you have to point cow. Yeah. But. But.
0: Did you notice back before they left the compound, as you are watching the movie, that when the warrior woman relieves Max from his position on the turret as he turns to walk away, that she checks it out?
2: Yeah, I was wondering about that, actually.
0: Oh, yeah. She gives him the old Mm-hmm up-and-down mm-hmm. lookover.
2: Yeah, no, she's my hero. <laughs> she's great. She's got priorities in order. <laughs> Hashtag butts. Oh, she's dead now. Oh, no, that made me sad. Wait, yeah. No, was
3: it Was it the big warrior woman? Yeah. So. It was it was so first from Firescape. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good.
2: The one who just died this week, then.
0: Yeah. yeah. That was yeah. our yes. Christmas episode. Aww. Yes, it
3: was. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry effing Christmas. Christmas. We killed the plant lady.
0: <laughs> oh, much like
3: we kill Christmas trees. Oh, look oh, how perfect. warm it are.
0: <laughs> so while Wes is doing this amazing jump down uh, onto the cab, Bear Claw Mohawk is being much more reserved. He's climbing down the side of the tanker because the stunt man who plays Bear Claw Mohawk was also the actor who jumped over the turned over buggy and hit his legs and somersaulted like a million times. That the was ditch.
3: such an amazing thing. Yeah, yeah. he broke his leg. Yep, I'll did bet it really? did. Yep.
0: Bent a pin in his bone. Ooh. He had that leg set earlier in the year. this stunt bent that pin.
3: I was yeah. so curious because you're watching it and I'm like, this is a scene that today would have somebody done on wires. And we'd laugh because it would be so obvious that that was wire work. Or a you- BCG. Yeah, and I'm watching it and I'm like, that can't actually be a person. But it's no, not a dummy. It's,
0: it's too good to be a
3: dummy. Yeah. Oh, that
0: must yeah. such- be. That screaming was real.
3: (laughs) Oh, the poor guy. Oh,
0: man. Yeah, Guy Norris is one of, like, the best stuntmen that we've ever seen. And he is prolific throughout the industry. Like, he's worked on a ton of stuff.
3: How many bones has... No. All of them. Better question. How many bones has he not (laughs) broken? Those are probably much fewer. Is it like Lloyd Bridges in those... uh, Is it the naked... Not the naked gun movies. The Hot Shots movies where he's like, My air canals are stainless steel. And every part (laughs) of him has (laughs) been remade. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Maybe some of his teeth are original. Yeah, but
3: he keeps those in a jar (laughs) on his mantle.
0: It's like when um, they were making the -the behind-the-scenes coverage of the movies as they were making them. You'd get this announcer, he's like, okay, so we've set up this, 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 and this for this stunt, we're going to do it. And then they start doing the stunt, and then halfway through, the announcer's like, and everything's gone terribly wrong.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so basically, it's their behind-the-scenes stuff is like an episode of Arrested Development? I think so. Nice. <laughs> oh, God.
0: It's like, Today, we're going to do a cannonball stunt, and then title card comes up, the crew tries to do a ch- cannonball stunt. Oh, well, Then like...
3: you get Ron Howard, they didn't. <laughs>
0: well that's just like like, that's another thing we were talking about I don't know if
2: you've seen or talked about this yet but it was Steven Soderbergh like there was uh, an article that was uh, that was basically like his reaction to watching Fury Road and just like marveling at George Miller and him just being like if I were doing this, we'd still be in the staging period of the of this of this whole thing, and I, I'm surprised like half the people aren't dead from the production. <laughs> so like this is how because yeah. he clearly like he's damn near killed half his cast in this movie
0: alone. Mm-hmm. And we like to talk about how the characters are fearless. Well, the crew is just as fearless. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, you have to be
3: these series. The, just the the amount of driving and like the mechanical variables involved. It's just my mind is just staggered. But I do have a question about Bearclaw Mohawk. Is that in the movie, clearly prosthetic arm? Does that actor actually have, like, a grabby hand? Yeah.
0: It's not a prosthetic arm like you would think. Like, uh, Furiosa has a full-on prosthetic arm. His bear claw, Mm -hmm. I'm doing air quotes because I do great radio content. Claw fingers, yeah. Uh, His bear claw is just a gauntlet that attaches to his forearm and then extends past his hand. In the. Mm Earlier scene where they're doing their little torture montage with the guy with the flaming nut You can see Claw Mohawk holding up his gauntlet and his hand is down here and then... Okay, oh. wow. I can... yeah. Sorry, yeah. listeners. I'm doing a visual explanation. It, it's yeah. fine. He's holding up his hand and his fingers are kind of clawed over and it kind of looks like he's holding a heart from Temple of Doom. And you can see how the oh. metal claws of his bear claw extend up past his fist. And so when he punches through... The back window of the cab, because apparently all of these raiders have a problem with windows. Sure, swear, like, Oops. every interaction with raiders in this rig, they're breaking a window. They just really like ventilation. I guess so. Mm. But he punches through that window, and then he puts that bear claw down on Max's shoulder and just digs in. Oof. And we get a nice mm. little rip sound effect. Oh, yeah. As he does that, and it's just, it. mm, right in there.
3: If we can't have air conditioning, you can't have air conditioning! <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it's because you know what it is. It's because they're all covered in leather and sweating in the desert. Yeah, open the uh, crack a window <laughs> with your fist.
1: <laughs> I don't recall his injuries to that shoulder, the left shoulder. Was he injured particularly bad on that shoulder?
0: Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. With the way that bear claw does it, he doesn't <sighs> quite get all the way around Max's shoulder. It's kind of set back a bit, so oh, those yeah. claws are digging in. Primarily to Max's jacket, but I think he is getting a little bit of flesh there. Yeah, he
3: gets a, he gets in a bit, like, like a, right
0: around the collarbone. Uh, yeah,
3: almost almost like a handle. Like because now you've got yeah. like a handle on him. You've yeah. got that nice clavicle grab. Yeah.
0: Like Bear Claw Mohawk grabs Max in this minute, and for the next oh uh, eight nine, however many minutes it is until the rig crashes, that claw stays in there.
1: Oof. Was the shoulder injured before the claw?
0: He had a couple of red marks on his neck from when Wes busted through the window and tried to choke him out. But I don't think he had any pre-existing damage to that shoulder. Because the arm that was run over in the other movie was his right arm. Yes. And it's the left shoulder. Okay. Man, we got quite a rap sheet building up on Max, don't we? Yes. Run over right arm, blown out left knee, tore up left shoulder.
3: (laughs) Do you know what someone now needs to make? Is one of those operation games yes. but from Mad <laughs> Max? Yes.
2: Oh my God! That this is be better amazing. than the modification I was going to make <laughs> on the
3: mystery date game. Oh
2: God! That was going to be a surprise thing for an episode. We were. I, it never happened. Uh-oh. But it involved Picard in in like his like bathing suit wear. <laughs>
3: Yeah, that, that would work. But,
2: like, now this is a new challenge.
3: Yeah. Someone needs to make an overlay for a game yeah. of operation with all of the various places. Poor Max has been injured throughout his time. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yikes.
0: There is a nice little flub in one of these shots, straight from the MadMaxMovies.com flubs trivia page. Ooh. In the shot where Max is pulled backwards by the spiked gauntlet, if you look up to the top of the frame, you can see the spiked Flail head, I think. I think mm. that's what you call it. Yeah. Already stuck in the roof of the car, and Wes has not started swinging it yet. Huh.
2: Oh,
1: that's right. Before we move on to Wes in his, but yes, there's a very <laughs>
0: important detail. Yes, there's a very
1: important detail. When Max gets grabbed by the bear claw, he drops his shells. Yes. Now, why he didn't drop his shells on the floor and they went out the front window, I have no idea. But there's four of them in that shot, isn't there?
0: There are four, and then if you, not that normal people would stop and go frame by frame, but if you frame by frame it, there is a fifth shell that starts to drop into the picture by that very last frame.
1: Okay, so we have seen him shoot four shells. Yep. We see him drop five shells. He only received six shells.
2: Yeah. Ooh. Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm. So, oh, I kind of have to take back all of my compliments to George Miller about not doing, you know, magic guns. He shoots twice. He has to reload. Everything stops because he has to reload. Mm-hmm. Shoots twice. He has to reload. He's done so good up till now, and now there's three extra shells.
0: Well, just because the gun isn't magic doesn't mean the rag it's wrapped in can't be magic. <laughs> This You're could be true. like a DD thing where it's like a rag of holding. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like it just hasn't exactly. been sewn into a bag yet. Right. Because
2: it's, this is the aftertimes and <clears throat> stitching is a luxury. Exactly.
3: <laughs> I've watched way too much Freakazoid in my life because now I want there to be a wipe in this scene where it shows all of the gang people in that scene from Clue. <laughs> one shot, one plus two plus... Hmm. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if we get like frankenfurter instead of mr <laughs> like the butler yeah so we know full leather yeah yeah well you count bullets you there you go oh okay
0: uh, the Archer. toady max phipps okay for what three years yes he was australia's favorite frankenfurter in the what? melbourne production of rocky horror show
3: whoa i was not yes. expecting that to have a tie-in well there we go that's amazing yep. Yay.
0: I have not been able to find any video because it was, like, 1977, yeah, so and they weren't no one them. carried around camcorders to the theater back then. <laughs> Shame <laughs> on them. It's true. Should have been easy to hide in, like, a giant rucksack, but, you know, whatever. Technology being what it is.
2: One of those little crank-up ones, you know, it's like...
0: Just sitting in the
2: back,
0: turning a giant crank on a bag. Sir, is, is, is there a camera in your bag? No, I'm just turning a crank on my purse. It's, it's
2: my old tiny pacemaker. It's my, my organ. I, I brought my jar <laughs> my monkey in my other bag.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but see, then the film strip would have to be something like the early 80s, so it would be a still shot, a explanation of what is in the still shot, and then the... To let the person know they advanced the film one slide at a <laughs> time. No one remembers those from, no, from the remember school. No, I remember. Okay, good, good. Not quite that old I'm, yet. I'm not that young. That's true.
0: <laughs> so we get a nice shot of all of these shells spilling out onto the hood. And there's another entry, a really quick succession for another flub slash trivia from MadMaxMovies.com, oh, where they say that if you look to the front of the truck, you can see a couple of dark feathers sticking up no, okay. in front of the cowcatcher. As if Wes is already there. Huh. huh. Oh. I don't know how much of a flub it is because they say on the page that when Wes is thrown off the top of the cab that you can see that there are no shells on the hood. But there are shells on the hood. I, I double checked. I don't want to call them out because the last thing I want to do is get in a fight with the guys over at MadMaxMovies.com because they put <laughs> in way more work than I have. But, you know, it's none of my business.
3: So the, the feathers might be there early.
0: Right. It could have been from them, like, driving through a bird.
3: Well, no. See, here's the thing, though. <laughs> could have... be an
0: emu from the before times. Exactly. <laughs> Having
3: worked with crafts, feathers mm-hmm. are the second most prolific thing to appear where you least expect them once you've started working with them. The first being glitter. <laughs> Se- first yeah, being glitter. The first being glitter. second to glitter. Yeah.
0: Glitter is a blight. It's yep. the
3: worst. Craft herpes Craft is the herpes. worst. Mm. Is
0: the worst material ever created. So Wes is up on top of the cab, and he's got this mighty flail. It's got nice long handle, big long chain on the end. It's like a, almost like a giant It's like knot softball size, no? With yeah. spikes attached to it. It's very, very mighty looking. And he takes three good swings. First swing. Damages passenger window, shattered glass everywhere, because nobody likes windows in this movie.
2: Nope. Okay, but nope. who's fixing these glass ever? Like, do they just do this on the regular? Or like, all... Because no one's still manufacturing glass. No, once it's gone, You would gone, think it's that gone. that would be, like, a precious commodity well, that they wouldn't really want to be, like, smashing. Exactly! Exactly! And
0: he's just smashing it willy nilly. I mean, yeah. do the
2: Raiders cars, they don't have any glass, do they? I, was I say,
0: don't... some of the Raider cars do. Yeah. Um, the red car that was destroyed earlier in this week, <laughs> when Max shot him in the face with the shotgun, there are a couple of holes that get punched in the glass. Ah, uh,
2: yeah. You're then right. all the
0: viscera spreads behind it.
2: Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, it's a it's a commodity, but in the heat of battle, like, that's, that's a piece of shielding that has to go.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Wes smashes out that first window. He swings again, this time through the driver's side window, which already is broken from an earlier accident. And the flail end wraps around the edge of the cab and just smashes right in front of Max's face. And it's that third swing that comes around the side and actually lodges in the top of the cab, right in front of Max's face. Or it's like, he looks at it like it's too close for comfort. And it... Wes just looks like he's having the best time
2: well, he's finally like he's he's been let loose literally yes <laughs> yes he, oh
3: Karen had a pun no no I'm being I'm being quite literal no we... but you
2: did make a pun oh did I in the while well, we were watching the movie oh I did when they, he was because he was basically when <laughs> when Lord Humongous had him on a leash and then let it go Karen yeah. said
3: let's lip the dog of war <laughs> <laughs> I very proud of myself
2: <laughs> Karen's very proud of her jokes <laughs> you should be
0: <laughs> don't encourage her Don't encourage her. The one thing that seems to kill Wes's buzz is the fact that he lodges the flail in the roof of the truck, and then he tries to pull on it, and it's not moving, and he seems very disappointed. But he doesn't have that much opportunity to revel in his disappointment, because Max slams on the brakes and just sends Wes flying, and it's another great instance of Newton's first law of motion at work. That's just science. Talked about that last week with grappling hooks.
2: Yes! Oh, yeah. Yeah. So is that the last you see of him? And is that like the most anticlimactic thing ever? It's not the absolute last time we
0: see him. Oh, okay. But for all intents and purposes, he does disappear for another couple of minutes.
1: It's a classic movie trope, I think, made popular by shows like Game of Thrones, where if you don't actually see him physically die... He's not dead. Yeah, no body, no oh, death. Yep. I mean, and uh, we don't we see him fly off the front and then we switch to do something to look at something else. Yeah, We do not see what happens to his body.
0: We see him get thrown and then the feral child watches him drop in front of the windshield and it's one of those things where normal people would look at that and say, "Oh yeah, he's gone. There's no way he could save himself somehow." But it's like we know better.
2: Yeah, but he's got he's got feathers, he's got, you know, his crazy war paint. Like, he's, yeah. this is our guy.
0: I feel like this sequence with Wes is, like, 90% of the inspiration for the character of Iron Bar from Beyond Thunderdome. Because mm. Iron Bar is that tiny guy with the mannequin head on the post on his back. He gets oh, yeah. thrown places <laughs> and disposed of so many times over the course of that movie, and he always comes back.
2: This is why you never neglect, like, your hand grip exercises. Like, dude, like, you just learn to hang on. Exactly. Get that grip strength. Don't look at me like that, Kate.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So back to that farm. No, no, sorry. (laughs) Keep going, keep going. (laughs) Say it.
2: What else is there to do in the post-apocalyptic wasteland than to work on those grips? Just
3: saying. (laughs) Especially when you're from the biker gang. Like, black, leather-clad, ball-and-gag store place. I'll stop. I'm just going to keep drinking water. I apologize game for called? the
2: conduct of my
0: co hosting <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <yeah. laughs> oh,
3: We, we sh- need an adult.
0: We should have had you on for Minute 50 when we had the tent lovers. Those oh, two raiders tent. that just love yes. tents.
3: It was so nice. No, that was so... <laughs> Nice, because this movie... Let's get through that. I, I have opinions.
0: Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll cycle back to the people who love tents after oh, that, we're done. See,
3: they made the same joke, too. I saw, the, <laughs> I saw the name come up in the credits. I was like,
2: they're
0: very enthusiastic about camping gear. Absolutely. Yeah, see? We're, I'm proud of my jokes, too. While Max is doing all of these shenanigans with the Raiders at the front of the rig, at the back of the tanker, Humongous, who was, like, tailgating Max something fierce, she'd swear he's from Massachusetts or something, as Max slams on those brakes... The Humongous is like, well, I don't know anything because there are no brake lights on this tanker. And so he smashes headlong into the back of the tanker with his car, which is very unfortunate. Mm. Oh, yeah. Because when the head coverings fly off of those victims, one of them is still alive.
1: Yeah, that's really disturbing. I hoped that they were dead. And Mm. I think the last time we talked about them, I'm like, please, please let them be dead. And they're not. Now, is only one of them alive?
0: Defiant Victim is dead, because okay. he got the headbutt o death from Wes.
1: Yes, it's true.
0: Broken Victim, played by Max Fairchild from the first movie, is not dead, because that head covering comes off, and he gets this really shocked look on his face, because, hello, tanker.
1: Yes. And yeah.
0: then they just get the watermelon head treatment as they both just... <laughs> against the yeah, back because of the see his death coming
1: so he's been alive
3: for days being tortured
0: oh yeah
3: it's oh, horrific and dies as a hot ornament
2: with that information you're going back and thinking back through the whole sequence where he like he's been strapped onto something he can't see where he's going just telling by his other senses like oh god i'm strapped to the front of a moving vehicle in a high-speed chase like there is a battle going on around me i am prone i don't even know what's happening and, like, the most merciful thing to happen would have been for that hood not to come off just before his death.
1: Yes, absolutely. But nope,
2: nope, the world hates him.
1: And this is an idea that George Miller took and expanded on for Fury Road, because mm. that's exactly what happens to Max. He's in a high-speed chase, he is attached to the front of the car, hooked up to an IV, taking his blood, and, yeah, he can't do anything about it.
0: At least he doesn't have a hood over his face. No. He can at least see what's going on. It's debatable
2: whether it makes it worse or better.
1: I was going to say, I don't feel like that's
3: a positive. Because, you know, he's up there and he's thinking, well, this could be worse. I could have a bag on my head.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking it could be worse. He could be driving through a field of waist-high apple trees.
1: Oh. Just
0: constantly getting hit about the waist area with Mm. apples. (laughs) Wow. I don't know why there would be waist high apple trees in the middle of the wasteland, but you know, well it's the
2: it's the Yeah, the wasteland.
0: So yeah. waist <laughs> high. <laughs>
2: oh. Oh. oh,
3: oh. oh Alright, no. You you weren't a high. So five. I deserve oh you do. End
2: okay,
0: <laughs> I'm a little ashamed. <laughs> but I'm also a little the
2: proud.
3: Wasteland.
0: Oh. Oh.
2: I mean he set me up. It's true. Thank
0: you, Rick. After we're done with watching Humongous treat his captives terribly, we switch back over to the rig and the rest of this minute, the last seven or eight seconds or so is just max fighting with bear claw mohawk struggling against the pole and pressing on the gas and having bear claw mohawk slip around it is what it is
1: (laughs) is bear claw conscious oh yeah okay i couldn't really tell
0: like he doesn't have good footing i think that's his major hang-up
1: okay that that (laughs) would be a problem uh, major hang-up
0: oh major Major
1: major hang-up uh can we cut back one second, to humongous's crash.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, of course, I've seen the movie, so I know the answer to this. That crash doesn't seem to really have done that much damage.
0: Not to the vehicle. Not to the
1: vehicle. Just to the two poor souls just on the, to the, the front end. But to the vehicle itself, and Humongous as the driver, it doesn't seem like it was that big a deal.
2: Oh. I imagine they've reinforced the frame enough for this sort of you know occurrence.
1: Right. I mean, the frame has to be reinforced enough to, to at very least... Support the two scouts Mm. leaning in a very awkward way off the front. So, yeah, the frame's got to be reinforced.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I mean, people install bumpers and cowcatchers on the front of vehicles to prevent damage from happening to their vehicle. I imagine these scouts are just a fleshier, more squishy version of, you know, a push bar.
2: Yeah,
1: they're human bumpers.
0: Absorbing all of that impact. You you, you know, head pops. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah, that rib cage there. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. So, yeah, we pretty much wrap up Minute 85 with Bearclaw Mohawk hanging from his gauntlet. He's not so much grabbed onto Max with his hand. He's just hanging by his gauntlet out that back window because Max has accelerated. He lost his footing. Now he's just hanging there. And that's where we're going to leave him for the weekend. And we'll catch up with him on Monday. And since we're at the end of the week, we might as well talk about what we saw earlier in this week to give you guys an opportunity to comment on that. Just to do a quick rundown of yep. the episodes that we had. We started out, uh, Monday was our Christmas episode. We started with a tiny victory with Warrior Woman shooting Bear Claw Mohawk, but then Wes came along on the other side, blindsided her with the arrows, and then she got... Sad. Skewered. Oh. It was bad. Hmm. She fell by the wayside, got caught up to the barbed wire. It was really awful. It, uh... Left the mechanic to douse himself because he was on fire, and not great position to be with. And uh, Max took some initiative by sideswiping the snake truck. The day after that, the mechanic was able to get his flames out. He went over to try and pull Warrior Woman back up on the tanker, but uh, quickly found himself losing a very visceral game of tug of war. He got pulled off by the raiders. Pulled off the tanker by the raiders. Oh. <laughs> potty mouths thinking i'm saying something else and then max responded by leaning out the door using a shotgun to kill the driver of that specific car which caused his buddy to try and take control of it that raider really struggled to keep control of that car uh he's swerving back and forth and eventually max just plowed into him and decimated that thing and then yesterday we saw the gyro captain and papagallo come back because they'd been missing for like a week and a half hmm. and uh the rest of yesterday was pretty much just setting up for all of the shenanigans that we had today. So do you want to go back to tents?
3: I'd like to go back to tents. <laughs> <laughs> so here's, here's my thing. Um, we start the movie, and it's a bit of a sausage fest of a movie. And I'm not just saying that because half of the, the people who aren't Max in the movie are wearing bondage gear. Uh-huh. Um, the first woman we see in the movie is uh, has her shirt torn off and is basically off-screen sexually assaulted. Then we get the people in Medic Town. Uh, We have Cindy Lou Who. And (laughs) we have the older woman who was great because she reminded me a lot of the Vovalinis from Fury Road, which Mm -hmm. I greatly kind of appreciated the the Fury Road that they called back uh, to to that. Um, But the thing that I I like the most about the tent lovers is not their over-affection for sporting goods, but it was finally looks like we got to see... like. A consensual relationship between a man and a woman Yes In a movie And I I mean And I I assume that it was consensual for two reasons One, she was on top And two, they were wearing matching garments For what little garments they were wearing (laughs) His and hers outfits Yes, yes They were both wearing loincloths of varying Wow, that's
2: a really loud glass
3: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Karen You go
2: Loincloths of varying
3: Spikes Yeah so that's. How was
2: that that loud? <laughs> I don't understand physics either, Feral Kid. Don't worry about. it. I
3: don't know, but I, what I love, what I love about that is, is that isn't that normally like the Pam from Archer like sloosh? And then what we got was this weird sort of dribble. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah,
0: that was definitely one of the more standout notes from that scene that we had as well. Because when it comes to female characters in this movie, you've obviously got the warrior woman, who's Virginia Hay, who she's amazing but never gets a character name. Archie Whitley's character is the captain's girl. Mm -hmm. Which, granted, Bruce Spence is a huge part of this movie, and he's only known as the gyro captain. There are so few people in this movie that actually have names. Yeah. Like, you could argue that, you know, Big Rebecca, who is... Moira Clow's character, the one who was trying to get everyone to rebel against Papagallo, like, she has a name. Mm. You know, Rebecca is a proper name. Yeah. But, I mean, you go through the list. Feral kid, mechanics assistant, broken victim, defiant victim. Like, everyone's described by what they do or some characteristic that they have. Like, the old guy, Sid Halen, is just called curmudgeon. (laughs) (laughs)
2: It's sort of like, that's... Going in with the overall theme that this is a story, this is a tale being told, mm-hmm. so it's not important for them to have names because this is all myth, so yeah the, the the big Rebecca itself like that's even though she has a name, she's still being made into this mythical figure by having like having a, an article attached to it
0: that's one of the things I really like about this movie is that it's not. A narrative being told to us in real time. Mm. It's a story being told long after the fact by a character who was a child at the time and is now an old man.
2: Yes, exactly.
0: And so a lot of these details aren't going to be spot on 100% accurate. Like you, You can almost expect all those instances of things being a bit more outlandish and unbelievable. Well, that's because the guy telling the story saw all of this happen when he was an 8-year-old, mm-hmm. and then he got the gaps of the story filled in by the gyro captain who, let's face it, he's a corny dude. Yeah. So, he, you know
2: he's going he's prone to embellishing. Yeah.
1: yeah. And he might have named himself. He's awfully proud of his machine. It's mm. a precision instrument.
0: <laughs>
1: and the feral child is not to touch it. So, if he's helping to fill in the gaps, he may have named himself the gyro-captain, because it's romantic.
0: Yeah, he might have only been, like, someone with a learner's permit. He (laughs) might have not even attained that captain status.
2: I mean, there's nothing for him to be a captain of, so he's a pilot. He he was, you know. Yeah. But, you know, he just... I'm, no, I'm a captain. <laughs> I'm master of this one-person vehicle here.
3: <laughs> the, the gyro captain is not a bad name. It's certainly better than the one I gave him, which was the Australian Matt Frewer. It doesn't roll off the tongue nearly as well. Uh, plus, I do like at some point that he just starts dropping snakes on people, <laughs> which I just think is the best. Mostly because in my mind, all I can think of is I want all these mother flipping snakes off my. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All these monkey-fighting snakes stops to this Monday Mon- to Friday plane. Yes.
3: Yeah. Monday to Friday is my favorite one. <laughs> it took me a long time. I mean, I even knew she was there. Even when we started the movie, Liz was like, you've seen Farscape, right? Yeah, you're going to see a familiar face. And so, of course, I'm expecting anyone other than Zahn, who I didn't recognize because if, if you've if you've seen Farscape, you know. If you haven't, she spends most of the show in either very loose like, kind of drapey clothing. She's bald and painted blue. Or she's naked and painted blue. (laughs) And that tends to have a way of skewing your vision over what a person actually looks like. (laughs) So I'm like, there is no way. But then there's, like, a couple scenes where you're like, oh, yeah, no, you can't. You can only do so much, like...
0: The cheekbones and the eyebrows. The cheekbones,
3: yeah. She had the best eyebrows. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, Virginia Hay was definitely one of the standout elements of this movie, for sure. And I think it was last Friday... Where we were talking about how it really upset us that she didn't get a better send off.
1: Yes, I thought she deserved so much more. I mean, yeah. her her name in the movie is Warrior Woman. <laughs> Let her have a proper warrior's death. Mm-hmm. She had a sad, pathetic death. She didn't even get to do any damage.
2: Yeah, that's why actually. Um, Wait, I can't. Has it gotten far enough that, like, you see people, like, trying to, like, retrieve her body?
0: Oh yeah, we're past that. We're
2: past that, great. Like that's, like when that was happening, like oh god, so then she must be alive because it, like the, the plot is acknowledging her body and is trying, they're fighting over it. So she, she's gonna come back, it's gonna be fine. It's, it's why is she not coming back? <sighs> why is she, is she dead? Really? Yeah. She got shot twice in the gut. Like everybody else has gotten shot twice in the gut and come back, come on.
0: That's not actually the worst thing that happens to her body after she dies. When she gets pulled off of that tanker, the mannequin that they used to represent the warrior woman, the foot got caught on the wheel well of the tanker, oh. and her leg got ripped off of the mannequin's <laughs> oh. body and was just left there hanging as they were rolling down the road. Did they keep that shot in the movie? Oh, yeah. I yeah, you remember. you can see as the mannequin gets swept up by the road, mm. the leg is just left there hanging. Yeah,
2: that's... Oh,
1: mm. But normal viewers can't really see it. It's <laughs> him and his frame by frame, he found it.
0: Well, what see, now that mean, I've seen it, I can't unsee it, and I'm going to notice it every time I watch it's like, it. Oh, there's a the leg! And, and now everybody that listened to this is going to be that same way. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Ruined it for everybody. Great
2: job. This is why we can't have nice things. This is why we can't have nice
0: things. This is exactly why we can't have nice things. <laughs> and like anything you, involving the gyrocopter.
2: <laughs> have you talked? Have you guys talked about like um, what? What's his face was using to douse himself with? Because like he's, he's got he's it's it's a it's a gasoline fire that he's trying to put out on himself. Yep. And he a uses piece. water. Uh, yeah. Uh, actually, he was using more gasoline. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, so that's what you need to
3: smother the fire is
2: to put more. Yeah, you
3: gasoline gets... on Listen, it. Listen,
2: if any, if if Mr. Bowie is any authority on things, you put out fire with gasoline. That's how that works. It's a great song, Cat People, <laughs> putting out fire with gasoline. <laughs> In parentheses,
1: of course, this is the same guy whose hands are on fire. He holds them up to Virginia and says. I'm fine. I, I got this. I got yeah. this. It's fine. it's fine.
2: Go ahead. It's okay.
0: He's okay. like a living meme.
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: This is fine.
2: It was just the first time yeah. he lifts his hands in there and he's like, uh oh. yeah. wow.
0: Yeah. I was going back and forth. For so long about what banner I was going to use for that episode because (laughs) I chose to do Virginia Hay and she's looking very serious and she's on top of the tanker. I could have also done that one with the mechanic and just making that, well, I guess I'm on fire now, face. (laughs) What can you do? It's a living. This is where I am now. (laughs) You know, and he fought. So much to get on that tanker. He didn't want to ride in that lousy bus. He wanted to be on the tanker because he put so much work into it and they weren't going to leave him behind and now. He's dead. Yep.
1: Hate to say I told you so,
2: but.
0: Yeah, everyone kind of told him so. He'd probably love to say I told you so, but. He's <laughs> dead. <laughs> so.
2: It's going great. Great job. Great job,
3: guy. You had two jobs. <laughs> and a third one which no one should have which is don't let yourself on fire and yet you <laughs> took it upon yourself to make that your job too it's fine that's sort of like the unstated job of every person yeah, isn't just it just don't,
2: don't catch fire don't catch fire
0: yeah i thought it would have been great if they took the wheels off of his little crane thing and mounted that to the top of the tanker and so you'd have the mechanics assistant mm-hmm. you know moving him around and you just have the mechanic out in open air dropping molotovs and throwing them around and okay. just being this crazy hard to hit that would, Gremlin. Be, that would yeah. be amazing.
1: It just occurred to me how motion sick I would probably get doing that.
2: <laughs> yeah, the that's the probably true. is <laughs>
1: moving forward at like 50 miles an hour, and then you're on the back just swinging wildly <laughs> yeah. around. He, he, like People like, pay Ooh. lots of money
2: for that uh, experience nowadays at amusement parks. So yes, they do. He gets it for free.
3: Isn't there something in like a Super Mario game that does that? It's like a dude in a cloud. who throws bombs at people. too. Well, Thank you.
2: <laughs> or Lakitu. Lakitu, yeah, that's how I know them as. I don't really know. Um, I don't know if I've ever heard anyone who would have any authority say it, but I think that we'll I've probably, generally we'll accepted... Probably be a Japanese person. I think I, yes, I think I've accepted into my heart that as a stupid child I said Lakitu, but as a more educated <laughs> human now, I know that it would be Lakitu, just mm-hmm. because...
3: It certainly makes the Mario Kart games a little more ominous to know that that guy is kind of always there holding, like, telling you what lap you're on. Uh-huh. And at any moment, he could just throw, like, a Molotov cocktail Or snakes. Or, snakes. or snakes. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> there definitely needed to be more Molotov and snake throwing from the gyro captain. Yes. Yeah. Because, as I mentioned, he disappeared for, like, a week and a half before just yeah. flying back into the picture. He only has so many snakes.
2: They yeah, had, had to restock. He had, he he had, had to, to coach to... them into the <laughs> coax them into the into the He's Like, no, come on. No, I promise it's going to be fine. And the snakes are just sitting there like, but we we live in the ground. This is where you put us. <laughs> That's what they say. That's how they say it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Kaelon's a parcel tongue. Huh? Now I really just want a Mario Kart skin thing yeah for Mad Max. The I'm pretty sure
2: someone made a video. Has
3: someone do- No, but like, of I like want Fury a, Road I want I want like Kart. a game that we can play. Oh
2: my god, that would be amazing.
3: Where it's Mad Max but Mario Kart, I would
2: actually play that Mario Kart like oh enthusiastically. My God. And
3: then the Rainbow Road is where that's all the you can only play dead bad guys. <laughs> I mean, I was gonna <laughs> start <laughs> crossing the Rainbow <laughs> Road. <Ridge. laughs> oh to oh God!
2: Yeah, uh, it comes, it comes full circle. I mean, there there is a Mad Max video game. I haven't played it, but I don't think it's going to be quite as epic as yeah. as this Mario what Kart. system. Uh, I don't know. I think it's the latest generation. I think it's oh. Xbox
0: oh. One and PS4. Yeah, it came out. Say. It came out oh, with oh, theory, okay. PC. Right? Yeah, Yeah, it came out right around the same time as Fury Road. They were not able to get the rights for the likeness of tom hardy or mel gibson and they weren't able to get a voice actor that sounded like mel gibson or tom hardy but it's still technically max because he drives huh. the interceptor okay and then you lose the interceptor and you team up with this weird guy and there's a dog and it's so, it's actually pretty fun
2: <laughs> is there does the dog make it out yes <sighs> okay great that's all i need to know oh we're so glad you weren't wait i
0: think so Boy, no. that's fun. Now I can't remember that
2: happened to a dog. It's no, no, fine. you, you keep the, the
0: dog land. because the dog is what you use to find landmines. Oh, oh that's important. <laughs> the dog is able to sniff out Jeez. landmines.
2: There are dogs that have that job. I know. And I don't they get like so excited about doing their job. Dogs are
3: so happy when they're doing their job. There's,
2: that's we can, we've been enjoying, like watching that the dog in this movie of just like you like we're we're just like the dogs are terrible actors. Because they don't they don't have a game face. They're just like, you need, okay, you need to go and you need to jump at this person, and the voiceover recording is just gonna be a dog like raw, raw, raw. But the dog's tails wag, talk the dog's like, We're
3: playing, I'm doing a thing, I'm doing the thing you told me to do. I'm so happy to be here.
2: And they're all looking like, oh god, the dog's looking threatening at me, and the dog's like, Hey, hey, you got a treat?
3: <laughs> do, do you have ham in your pants? <laughs> <laughs> just happy to see you. Well. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a story a friend of mine once told me. Like that's that's the trick. Every dog comes up to you and says, "Excuse me, good sir," but you look like a man who might have some ham in his pants. <laughs> and they're like, "No, I'm I'm a lady." No, sh- 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 sh. good sir, the ham. <laughs> I'm stay on target. <laughs> and so now, because of because of her, it is literally the first thing I think of when I see a dog. Is that suddenly that it's that dog, but overlay the dog is a top hat and a monocle. Excuse me, good sir, <clears throat> the ham. <laughs> that's, that's all I see.
0: Dog is. Definitely the best dog that, that we've ever seen. And much like Warrior Woman, he does not get the proper send-off.
3: No. 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 no, it didn't make any sense. But is there anything more Australian? And and I know you have Australian people who are going to be mad at me probably for saying this. But then watching an Australian cattle dog eat a dead kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, this right here. <laughs> this works. <Same. laughs>
0: That's Dinky Dye right there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so what happens to this dog?
3: I, it runs very quickly to tell everyone else that Max is in danger, and then it joins the bad guys on a farm upstate after crossing a rainbow bridge. It
2: gets shot in the face.
3: <laughs> with, a, with a bolt. No! Off screen.
0: Shot Off screen. in the face
2: with a bolt?
1: You don't
0: actually see it, although people, for years after this movie came out, were writing to George Miller saying, How dare you kill that dog on screen? And he'd write back be like, I didn't kill him on screen. It was a sound effect. <laughs> Oh. That dog... I
2: can hear it. I don't like it. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a one of the meals.
3: I'm like, yeah. do I go online? Do we pause the movie? And do I go online? Do I check doesthedogdie.com? It was
2: too late. We didn't prepare.
3: We did not prepare. The not dog
0: prepared. actually got adopted by a couple that worked on the stunt team for that oh. movie. And lived with them for many, many years. Oh, and actually be. appeared in other productions. Yeah. Not a ton, but like others. And then when that couple... I guess they had to move or they got too old or something like that. Another stuntman from this movie adopted the dog again. And so it it stayed in the family. Stayed in the
2: Mad Max family.
1: And lived a
0: long, full life not being shot in the face by Raiders. Good dog. It's
1: a happy
2: ending for the
0: dog.
1: They got him from a shelter, right?
0: Yeah. They were going around looking for dogs to act in this movie. And when they went to the pound where this dog was being held, the, I want to say production assistant or someone... Was in the yard with all the dogs, and the dog brought her a pebble and dropped it at her feet. And so she knew that because the dog wanted to play, that the dog could be easily trained. Mm -hmm. And they ran into an issue adopting the dog for the production because the pound wanted to castrate the dog. (gasps) But in the post-apocalypse, no one is going around castrating dogs, so the dog needed to be whole. Mm -hmm. And so they had to get a special dispensation and everything like that to be able to bring the dog out of the shelter without having its, you know...
3: It was probably before the time of nudicles. Exactly. They, they make didn't, them. They what? didn't have
0: prosthetics.
3: Yeah, they make prosthetic testicles for your dog. That you can put in the little the scrotum so they still have. So it looks a, like you
2: doggy an ball. can feel cool and you have a dog with. Yeah. That's, they've got the biggest balls of them all. That's a great song, Haley. Thank you, Liz. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know why you would do it. I honestly don't know why. Maybe just to. Okay, the dog. It would we be for show because of machismo. But, but would it be for the dog so the dog doesn't no. feel emasculated? No, it's not. The dog doesn't care. The dog, you have ham. The dog does not care. Dogs might care. I mean, we dogs- live
3: in a world where people put nuts on trucks. On trucks, yep. <laughs> so why not on dogs?
2: <sighs> well, we have propellers that they put on trucks as well. Why can't we put pr- pr- propellers on dogs? Or
3: on nuts? Wait, no. <laughs> I lost the thread of this conversation. Sorry.
0: <laughs> well on that note <laughs> If people wanted to hear more From you Where should they look
2: Well we are uh, pretty much at Anywhere where other podcasts can be found We're on Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud We're on uh,
3: iTunes iTunes,
2: that's the big one iTunes might have heard of that one. Yeah. But you can also look us up on our social media pages. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash hen- henhousefoxes. We're at henhouse foxes on Twitter.
3: Uh we are foxesinthehenhouse.tumblr.com. dot com.
2: Yeah, that one got made a little inconsistently, but you know.
3: I think more of them are at henhouse
2: foxes than yeah. 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 Right. Yeah, exactly. And then our WordPress that uh we sometimes post to. henhousefoxes.wordpress.com. dot wordpress dot com. Yeah, there mm-hmm. we go. Yeah. We are also individually on Twitter. That's right. Uh um, my I- uh, individual Twitter handle there is sweary Mcasshole. I am older than Latvia and I'm Hollywood Fat Cat. That's actually my
0: Twitter handle, sorry. No, that one that one actually will get to be kept in.
2: <laughs> hey!
3: Oh she gets the only treatment. person
0: who
2: ever gets to say <laughs> asshole on this podcast for real.
3: That one's
0: probably gonna be that catch. one's gonna get bleeped, yeah. though. Go.
3: <laughs> I should have made my Twitter like older than MF Latvia. <laughs> uh,
0: so usually we point everybody to other Movies by Minute Podcasts, but if you're looking for a great, more or less weekly podcast of a bunch of awesome ladies getting together and talking about all sorts of stuff, definitely subscribe to Foxes in the Headhouse. I highly recommend it. And I guess until Monday... The Mad Max Minute Podcast is a fan project by Rick and Julia Ingham.
1: The Mad Max franchise was created by George Miller and Byron Kennedy and presented by Warner Brothers Pictures in association with Village Roadshow Pictures.
0: Mad Max Minute is produced and edited by Rick Ingham. Our opening music is by Daniel Batista of DanielBautista.com.
1: You can follow Mad Max Minute on Twitter at Mad Max Minute, on Facebook at Mad Max Minute Beyond Microphone, and at MadMaxMinute.com.
0: And finally, if you would like to contribute to the podcast, visit MadMaxMinute.com, click on the support link at the top of the page, and check out our Patreon to help us keep the tanks full.
1: Thank you for joining us for Minute 85 of The Road Warrior. Have a great weekend.